Hey friends, I'm Chloe Thomas, a brand and website designer for dedicated entrepreneurs, but also your host for the Brand and Brew podcast. This is the only branding podcast that will kickstart your day, your business, and your well-being. I'm here to make the hustle less of a hassle, so let's grab your coffee, plug in your headphones, and let's just roll with it. This branding podcast makes self-care and success an integral part of running a business. Your small business doesn't have to take it all, and all of my guests are here to show you how. As we go, you'll learn all the things branding, websites, wellness, and entrepreneurship. Consider Brandon Brew your daily cup of joe, but for your mind and your business. Friends, welcome back to the Brandon Brew Podcast. This week, I have a super fun episode planned for y'all, and it is with my friend, Bonnie. She owns B is for Bonnie Design, and she is a brand designer and strategist for creatives and also an educator for branding and website designers. So it's a great um, industry to be in. I might be a little bit biased, but today she's going to be talking about three mistakes that keep you from making a consistent income. I think this topic is wildly misinterpreted around the world because we all want the same thing around here and it's that consistent income and there are some limiting beliefs that we have within ourselves that keep us from making consistent income, Um, but I'm just super excited to chat through with her on this topic, get her perspective, and share all of her knowledge with you. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and play our episode and we'll get this thing started. All right, everyone, I am super excited to have my friend Bonnie here. She is from B is for Bonnie Design, and I'm going to have her introduce herself here and get to know her a little bit better. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Well, like you said, my name is Bonnie, and I am a brand designer and strategist for women entrepreneurs, and I'm also an educator for fellow graphic brand and web designers. So I'm on a mission to help women entrepreneurs really create elevated businesses that allow them to consistently connect with their ideal clients, do the work that they love, and experience consistent income as a result, which is actually a little bit of what we're going to be talking about today. But Um, On a more personal side, I am based in beautiful Waco, Texas. Uh, I live here with my husband of almost 10 years and our two wonderful but rambunctious golden retrievers. Um, And over the years that I've been in business, I actually kind of stumbled into this business a little bit accidentally. Uh, I started my business back in 2012 right uh, kind of my, during, I guess you could call it my graduating semester of college, I had this idea of, hey, let's launch a website, see if we can like generate some income on the side. And that little website turned into what is now BS for Money Design. And so over the last uh, nine years, it's been such an honor to get to work not only with women entrepreneurs through custom design and strategy, but also to be able to teach other graphic brand and web designers how to build a sustainable business that allows them to 
really reclaim control of their time and their creativity and their energy so they can do the work they love as a designer, but they don't have to worry about where their next paycheck is coming from, or they don't have to struggle to connect with their ideal clients online. So I'm super excited to get to chat with you today about, um, you know, just ways that designers can be connecting with their ideal clients and as a result, generating that consistent income so that that's something that can just hopefully be such an incredible blessing in their lives. Wow. I absolutely love that. I love your background story and how you began just by an accident. That's honestly like super unique. I feel like a lot of people who I interview on here, they're like, oh yeah, I definitely wanted to come on here and start my business. And that's how everything got started. So you have super unique standpoint from there. I actually am curious. So what is your background? Do you have any background of like branding and website design? Or are you 100% self-taught? So I am mostly self-taught. My background, actually, my degree is in journalism with an emphasis in print journalism. So that's where I actually started to learn the foundation of design was in college. And I feel really, really fortunate that I had the opportunity to start to learn, you know, kind of like the basics in Illustrator and start to learn, Mm -hmm. you know, how to lay things out in, in Photoshop. And I actually, you know, kind of joke that that is so typical and and so like um, reflective in the design that I do today. Like a lot of the work that I do, if I'm working with a client who aligns with kind of that editorial sort of like feel, a lot of that comes out in my website work or in my Mm -hmm. brand design work, because I definitely still have that love of all things print. Um, So, you know, kind of learning how to lay out the interiors and the front pages of magazines or newspapers. And, but, uh, you know, from there, aside from, you know, some of those kind of more like print-based classes that I learned um, that I tackled in college, once I graduated, uh, you know, kind of taking my skills to the next level that was self-taught. So I definitely Mm -hmm. like absorbed all the YouTube videos that were out there. I read all the blog posts and this is back in 2012. So like, you know, some of the advice was like a little iffy, but I, you know, I was just like a spend. I just wanted all of it because I knew that if this was a way that I could serve clients and if I could really marry my background with uh, journalism and the way that I know how to uh, really pull information out of people and to, you know, kind of like guide them through conversations that uh, encourage them to be really honest with themselves about the stories they're sharing. If we could take those stories and if we can marry that with intentional brand design Mm -hmm. from a, a holistic standpoint, I knew that there was an opportunity to create these very story-driven, strategy-informed designs for my clients that could help them stand out. And these are, uh, you know, back then I was working with um, really incredible women entrepreneurs who were starting photography businesses or starting to get into wedding planning. And I'm so grateful that even to this day, I still work with a lot of entrepreneurs who are in those service-based industries. But Mm -hmm. uh, those are industries where I feel that that kind of storytelling component just allows them to connect with their clients and to do the work that they love as well. So yeah, that's a little bit about kind of like my, my training, but yeah, I'd say I'm I'm more, I'm more self-taught than, um, than not. Good. I am self-taught too. Well, I'm self-taught on the branding side. So I went to school for um, information technology. So I have a lot of development experience. And so I can get a little really techie with my clients and that's like the struggle that I face Um, But branding, I'm all self-taught and for me it is difficult to just kind of learn things and try to stay fresh with trends. 
um, because you have like selective videos on YouTube who might be telling you how to do something on Illustrator that you already know how to do or whatever. Um, but I absolutely love that. So to get started on today's topic, we're going to be chatting about three mistakes that keep other designers from making consistent income. And I think that this is an amazing topic to come on here to talk about because obviously we are all here to make income and to provide for our families. So I want to open that up um, with the basics of what are some common mistakes that you see designers experiencing that don't allow them to make the consistent income that they're looking for. Absolutely. I'd love to kind of peel this back and dive into it because I think that um, just from my experience over the years that I've been an educator in the design industry and I've worked with other designers, I see that this is a really big pain point that so many of us Mm -hmm. struggle with. And it makes sense because for a lot of us, the work that we're doing project to project, you know, once that wraps up, unless we have a really consistent lead generation strategy in place to bring our next clients to us, it can be really tricky to uh, feel or to experience the, you know, that, that feeling of having money consistently coming to you month after month. So where I see a lot of designers kind of getting stuck with this is first of all, um, kind of thinking that taking on hourly projects. So taking on like more and more sort of a la carte work that that Mm -hmm. will lead you to consistent income. And the reason why that is, is because I see so many designers who we dive into, you know, like kind of an hourly project or we dive into sort of an a la carte project because someone reaches out to us and they're like, Hey, I need brochure design or, Hey, Mm -hmm. I need a sales page, you know, created. And if you are a designer and your bread and butter type services are cohesive custom website designs or complete brand identity packages or print identity packages. And you're taking on these a la carte projects. What happens is yes, in the short term, that's bringing you income, but from a long-term kind of big picture perspective, it's taking your time away from going out there and getting those clients who will buy into your bread and butter type service who are going to say, yes, I need a custom website or yes, I need to hire a brand designer. So right now in the short term, yes, it feels comfortable and it feels safe to take on an hourly project, but that hourly project quickly is going to come to an end and you are going to be right back where you started trying to figure out where your next client is coming from. So uh, I see a lot of designers who wrestle with this. And actually I have a, a program for designers that uh, teaches designers how to consistently connect with their ideal clients and use brand strategy as part of their process. And inside that program, a lot of my new students, when they join, they're kind of living that, that you know, kind of project to project type mm-hmm. life style where they're living paycheck to paycheck. And it's hard to feel really secure in your business and in your lead generation strategy when you are just going from project to project. So I'd say that's probably one of the bigger uh, kind of, you know, mistakes that I see designers making. Wow. Yeah. I can totally relate to that because I think a lot of people outside of the design industry, they come to us wanting Just as an example, hey, can you design me just a logo? And when you're first starting out, you're like, oh yeah, I can definitely do that. But now as I've grown and as you've grown and everyone grows their business, it that just takes it away. And it's honestly, it's a waste of time to me because there's no strategy behind it. There's no reasoning that we should even be designing just one step things. And I can definitely see the standpoint where it's just a waste of our time. 
Um, my big point is, and I always tell people, there's always people out there that is are willing to invest in your custom bread and butter designs. You just have to place yourself and put them out there to get you noticed in that way. So turning this around, what are some action points that people can take in order to achieve and get away from those mistakes that they make and to keep going and bring in that consistent income? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think kind of the first step there is to be aware that the, you know, here's the problem, right? Like you keep on taking hourly projects, which is keeping you, um, you know, kind of stuck in this rhythm where you're earning like 50 bucks here and a hundred bucks here, or, you know, a couple Mm -hmm. hundred here and there, but you're not earning the, the big ticket amount that, you know, you can be. So what we want to do first and foremost is kind of like admit that like, that's the root (laughs) of the problem and say, okay, no, I'm going to draw this boundary with myself and I'm going to communicate this boundary to people who inquire with me, I'm not going to take on a la carte projects. I'm not going to trade my time for money in that way. Instead, I'm going to go after these kind of clients who will excitedly invest in my bread and butter type services. And that will allow me as the designer to do the work that I love doing. So, you know, kind of committing to yourself and saying like, no, like in order to earn the amount that you're excited about in order to take on the kinds of projects that light you up and excite you as a designer. It's time to step away from kind of the smaller projects and focus on going after the kinds of clients that um, you absolutely love working with. Yes. I. It makes me so happy when I see other designers achieving their dream clients. Like I have a few people that I've mentored before and they come to me and they're like, you know what? my ideal clients don't want to invest in something that is expensive or like this. So how can I position myself to um, get them to buy from me? And one of the top things that I have like suggested is trying to figure out your niche. And I am not sure of your perspective on this, but I would love to hear how do you feel about having designers What do you think of just about niching in itself? Do you think you should niche down strategically? Do you think you should niche down by style? Um, And even tell us what your business is and if you niche down in that way. Yeah, I love this question because I'm actually a really big fan of niching down. And this is something that I've actually a conversation that's come up quite a few times inside the brand strategy school, which is my uh, my program for designers. Um, You know, we've kind of gotten into this discussion of like, what are the benefits of niching down? And I'm a big fan of it because while it might feel restrictive to someone who's a really multi-passionate designer, um, and that's valid, like I don't want to discredit mm-hmm. that or discount that in any way. Actually, what I've seen though, is when you niche down strategically, so when you niche down and you focus on, let's say the kind of ideal client you want to work with, or the kinds of projects that you want to be taking on, or even like you said, you know, focusing on the type of style that you really want to be working in, that allows you to carve out this recognition in your industry as the go-to designer for mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. So instead of being the go-to designer for like everything in the kitchen sink, you can be the go-to designer for, let's say, conversion di- conversion-driven websites that are designed for product-based businesses. Or maybe you want to be um, the brand designer for uh, wellness-based brands in a specific geographic area, like in the Chicago area, right? Like there's so Mm -hmm. many different approaches that you can take. 
And rather than feeling like you're restricting yourself by creating that amount of specificity, actually what you're doing is you're creating this opportunity for you to become a true expert at what you do. And with being known as an expert, what comes with that is the ability to charge more for your services because you're an expert. You have now the ability to be crystal clear in your messaging and marketing and speak to your ideal clients because instead of trying to be the brand designer or the web designer or the graphic designer for everybody, you're trying to be the designer for a really specific group of people. So I actually get excited when I hear my students talk about niching down because I think, wow, there's so much possibility there that awaits you. Um, And I think that it's a really beautiful opportunity to experiment with different types of projects or different groups of clients without, um, you know, spreading yourself too thin, if that makes sense. Um, I fully agree when you say about niching that whenever you focus on a certain type of, let's say client. So for example, in my business, I focus on dietitians and working with them. I've had a lot of designers come to me saying that I am very restrictive because I'm only saying I'm designing to certain people, but in turnaround, I think it's a huge benefit where I can literally know who to, who to talk to in my, um, posts. And I remember whenever I was first starting in business, I struggled with who I'm speaking to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of business owners, when they first start, they might target women in business. And I think that this is a huge and broad niche, and it doesn't allow you to even be seen in such a saturated market. Um, and so I fully, fully, fully agree that niching is amazing. So in order to consistently maintain this income, even if you're niching down, what would you say the first step is for somebody to achieve that? What do you think that we should do if we are a designer who isn't getting that income? They're using those hourly um, projects just to live paycheck to paycheck. What do you think we should do? I love this question because I'm a big, like my brain is always focused on like the strategy and the next step and like, how can we be practical with this? So I'm excited to kind of break, break into this a little bit more, this idea. Um, so when you're wanting to take action to incorporate consistent income into part of your business as a designer, it's important to, you know, break up with those hourly projects, right? Kind of like first and foremost say, this is what I want to do and be, be honest with yourself you know, if you want to only design websites for a very specific type of client, do that. If you want to create brands for a very specific type of industry, go for it. Because the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur, I think that we forget this is as entrepreneurs, we have the freedom to change and we have the freedom to experiment with different things. And if you get into it and you find out that this niche actually isn't all that you thought it was going to be, you can always pick a different niche, but um, go into it with the intention of committing, go into it with the intention of, of really diving into it and experimenting with it and being curious and seeing what it's like. So break up with those hourly projects, uh, commit to niching down. And on top of that, uh, go ahead and give yourself the permission to charge more for your services. Uh, in my experience, so many designers are already undercharging as it is. And a mistake yes. that you might be making at this point is you might be believing that in order to charge more for your services, you actually need more experience or you need mm-hmm. a fancy design degree or you need like, I don't know, something that you don't have. But the truth is 
So many of us in the design industry are already undercharging. So I would actually encourage you right here, right now, go out and double your rates because my guess is that if you've been pricing yourself based on what someone else is doing, or if you have been, uh, you know, just kind of picking a number and, and, you know, putting it on your website, cause that's what feels good. Um, I, I definitely think that there's an opportunity to increase that because uh, your ability to earn is not tied to the number of hours that you, mm-hmm. you know, like pour into a project or the number of degrees you have or don't have or anything magic. There's so much value that you bring to the table just by um, bringing your creativity and your energy and your mind to every project you take on. So, you know, charging more for your services, giving yourself that permission slip to, you know, go out there and, and raise those rates. And then um, when you're thinking about where to actually go, like right now, we've kind of been talking about some practical steps of how to get our mindset right, how to get the behind the scenes right. But when it comes to actually going out and talking to your ideal clients and speaking to people who are going to pay those invoices to help you experience that consistent income, I would actually recommend instead of, you know, spending all your time and energy on, let's say, social media, trying to, you know, reel in a whole bunch of new leads, I would say, if you can look at your existing client roster and ask yourself, are there any opportunities to go back and to work with these people again, right? So like reaching out to past clients and pitching to them and seeing if there's the opportunity to redesign a website or to refresh some brand assets or to, you know, uh, if you like the idea of doing day rate type uh, packages or services, you know, go back to people that you already know, because I promise you when you are in a position where you're wanting to generate money and you're wanting to generate it quickly, your past clients have so much more potential to invest with you again and work with you again, because they know you, they already trust you and they're familiar with your work. And that's a much easier place to go out and start to find those initial projects to get under your belt and to help you feel excited and energized in this new season of making consistent income than say, you know, hustling your booty off on Instagram 24 seven, trying to, uh, you know, trying to compete with everyone else who's out there. So Um, I would say, you know, all of that, all that being said, um, you know, take action. Uh, The action is going to create so much clarity. And when you take that action, even if it's an imperfect first step, it is still Mm -hmm. a step in a direction that will help you learn more and will help you go out there and claim, claim what's yours and claim the, um, really the income that's going to help you provide for your family, do what you love and, uh, you know, have some money in the bank. Cause at the end of the day, that's, you know, these, these aren't just expensive hobbies here, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, I love, love, love that. You have so much good knowledge to share. And before we start wrapping up, I actually just thought of a follow-up question that I know I get from a lot of people. What are your thoughts on retainer packages? So after, Maybe say you've wrapped up a client project and you reach back out to a past client and they want you to come on hourly for three months and do X, Y, Z. Do you think that this is okay for a designer to take on that sort of hourly work or would you not recommend that for anyone either? 
That's a really great question. And I think it actually depends on um, the designer because some designers, they absolutely love the idea of those retainer packages. And they love the idea of knowing that like um, that's consistent monthly income that's coming in. So Mm -hmm. I do, I do quickly kind of want to differentiate between like hourly projects. Like when I think of hourly a la carte projects, I'm thinking like, you know, someone hires you to update the copy on one, one page of their website or to design a business card for you or to create a flyer, you know, that kind of thing. Um, a retainer package, usually that's a recurring service that you're offering month by month. So what that does by definition is that's giving you consistent monthly income, working with someone that you already have a relationship with. And, you know, I assume y'all like each other and you're having, you know, a good time uh, working with them. So I actually think that if you like the idea of continuing to work with your clients, offering retainer packages is a really great way to do that. Um, of course, I know that with a lot of retainer packages, uh, we do usually include an estimation of if you, mm-hmm. you know, purchase this package, then I'm going to, you know, carve out like eight hours a month for you or, you know, however many hours a month for your business. Um, so with that, I encourage you to, you know, really be uh, very generous with yourself in terms of, uh, the amount that you're charging. I, I want it to be something where you're not like pigeoning yourself, kind of pigeonholing mm-hmm. yourself into that hourly rate so much that if you go a little bit over you're, you know, like you're finding yourself in the red. So really be generous with, um, kind of how you're allocating your time in those packages. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say it again, increase those hourly rates so that you're really protecting yourself in that way. You're really making sure that you are charging appropriately and you're bringing in what you want to be bringing in. But those retainer packages, if that does speak to you, if that's something that excites you, that can be such a fantastic way to serve your past clients, to alleviate the need for you to go out and find new clients. Um, And also for you to continue to, Uh, protect and to kind of um, work on the beautiful integrity of the brand or the website that you've created. So if you know that you're the designer who's back there, you know, kind of in the back end updating things or creating new assets, you kind of have the the fun and, and you've got the ability and the opportunity to really take this brand or this website that you've created and see it out and, and you know, even build it out more and more and more and see your work out there in the world, not only helping your client, but also impacting their clients and customers too, which is, you know, such a great feeling as a designer. Yes. I'm so glad that you touched base and differentiated between the two because, That's so awesome. I knew I was going to get that question after um, hearing that. And so that is amazing. So we're actually reaching up our um, point on this episode. And I do want to wrap up with a follow-up question and then you can kind of um, introduce and tell everybody how they can find you on your socials. So last question, you are on the Brandon Brew podcast. I'm a lover of coffee. Can you tell everybody what your go-to coffee is? Of course, I too love coffee and my go-to order is an oat milk latte. Oh my goodness. That's the best. Have you ever had Starbucks's brown sugar oat milk espresso? Because everyone I'm telling you now, that's the best drink that they have. I have not had it. It's like the next thing that I'm going to go out and order the next time I find myself in that drive through line. So thank you because I have a feeling like you've just introduced me to something that's going to be a game changer. <laughs> yes. It's going to be bad. Once you go there and you get that, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't go back. 
Um, all right. So to wrap up this final episode, can you tell everybody how they can find you and if there's any other resources that you have for those wanting to generate a consistent income? Absolutely. So y'all can find me on Instagram. That's where I love to hang out. So you can find me at Bonnie Joy Marie is my handle over there. Or if you want to head over to my website to, you know, see a little bit more about what I'm about or explore the blog for years and years worth of free content. Um, you can find me over there at B is for Bonnie And then for any designers who are tuning in, who want to learn more about how they can be creating consistent income, I actually put together a completely free masterclass for designers that talks through how to increase your income sustainably without flooding your schedule with more client work than you can handle. And you can actually, uh, you know, head on over to beisforbonniedesign.com slash training and grab your free seat and tune into this Netflix style masterclass. But um, if you have any questions based on what we talked through today, or you want to connect or chat more, I love, love making new friends, love connecting with people. So feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram and always happy to chat with you more. Oh, that's so awesome. That's really amazing that you have a resource made specifically for people out there looking for consistent income. So I just want to say thank you so much for appearing on Brandon Brew. And I am so excited that you're here. Um, But that's going to wrap up this episode.